It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Take your Bibles once again. Please turn to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 2. Romans in chapter 2, we've been dealing this week on this subject, a guilty verdict. We've been looking again at Romans chapter 1, really through chapter 3 is probably all we're going to get through this week. But when I was praying, I felt like this is what God wanted us to go back to this week. I know for those of you listening by way of radio, it wasn't that long ago we were right here But this is one of the most important, or is the most important subject of life. And until you fully understand the gospel, and I'm not saying that you can fully comprehend all the ins and outs of it, and the exact moment of this and that, and a lot of people try to put it that way, you may not get everything. There's a bit of a mystery. God works differently in people's hearts. But there's truth that the Bible says that the Bible gives us, that needs to be understood. And many people today are teaching a a, a blab-it-and-grab-it kind of uh, profession in God, but it's not the truth of the gospel. It's it's just, it's not the real deal. They're trying to get professions, they're they're putting numbers on some, some card or something that makes them look good, but the truth of the matter is, until you comprehend, until you understand your guiltiness before God for the sin that you have in you, you will never be able to understand why Christ came. And that, my friend, must be first. You have to understand, first of all, your guilt before God. And that is what Romans chapter 1 through chapter 3 is about. We're hitting it again really for the second time, but I'm afraid it's very misunderstood and very missed, honestly, in East Tennessee. We want a version of God that makes us feel good about ourselves, that makes us feel somewhat self-confident, that makes us feel like, oh, we're so much better than that group of people, so therefore we are basically good. But the truth from the Word of God is not that man is basically good, but that really man is basically evil. We have a sin nature that causes us to do sin things. We sin because we are sinners by nature. We inherited that from our father, Adam, at the very very beginning when God created Adam and Eve. And it's been passed down. This sin nature causes a separation from God. And because of that separation, because of that sin, the, the wrath of God is revealed against all this ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And we've been given truth. I believe all men are given some form of truth. We'll, we are seeing that really in this passage. And we're going to be judged by that truth. And all men will stand before God without one single excuse when it's time for judgment day. We saw in chapters in chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, the wicked man, those that just chose to straight up reject God, they wanted nothing to do with them. God finally says, you know what, have it your own way. I'll be done with you too. Gives them over to a reprobate mind, reserves them for judgment. We look at them and we judge them and say, yeah, they deserve every bit of that that they got. Well, then in chapter 2, he begins dealing with the hypocrite or this moral man that has a little bit more knowledge maybe than that first group that thinks in some way, shape, or form, oh, we're better than them. But the truth is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. 
and we have the same basic issue. We have the same sin nature, and we still do many of the same things. We might not go to the, all the same extents. So you're not doing drugs, and they are. So you're not out there um, killing people, and maybe they are. But in your heart, you have the same sin nature, that same seed of sin that made them guilty before God, that pushed them to that. Those same things are in your heart, and God's going to judge you based on that. We saw that God will judge this judgment. It's based on our deeds. Not salvation now, but the judgment. When God begins to judge us, we will be judged based on our sin. He goes on to say in, verse, in chapter 2, verse number 11, For there is no respect of persons with God. Some of you think for some reason that you're better than someone else, and that you'll stand off better before God than they will. But what's it matter when all are guilty? God's not going to have respect for any person regardless of race, regardless of material wealth, regardless of how much good you've done or how much bad you've done. God's not going to have any respect for any of that. The Bible says, For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without law. And as many have, as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. And when we are judged by the law, there is only one verdict that can come from that, and that is that we are sinners. He goes on to say, for the, not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not a law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else, or, or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Listen, this group, the hypocrite, they think they're better than the, the ones that are very openly wicked and deep into sin. And we think we're better than them because we have some sort of better moral values or higher standards that we live by. But the truth of the matter is we have all sinned. We have all come short of the knowledge of God. We've all failed and we're going to be judged by that. So at the end of the day, we are all still guilty. And we can accuse those in chapter 1 and excuse ourselves in chapter 2 as much as we want. But the truth is, when it comes time to stand before God, God's going to reveal every secret in our life, every hidden sin, that pornography that you're looking at when at home alone thinking nobody knows, God already knows. That person that you're out there running around with, they're cheating on, on your spouse with, God knows every bit of that. Those thoughts running through your head, God knows every bit of that. Those desires in your heart to do something, the temptations that are there, that, and, and you think on that, and you long for that, but you're restrained by some moral values in your life, and that's the only reason. Listen, my friend, those things in the heart, those thoughts that run through, the words that you speak, you will be judged by every bit of that. And you will not be able to stand before God. Those secrets will come out. Those things that you've kept hidden away for a long time, all those skeletons are going to come out of the closet. And you're going to be just as guilty and find you're just on the same level playing field as the first group. You've still rejected God. This group, they've been unrepentant. They've refused 
to accept the truth of God just like the first group did. Maybe not as blatantly, but they've refused it. I noticed this as I was reading through this passage. In verse number 4 he says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up thyself wrath unto the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now I want you to understand something. This group, every group, has some sort of truth that they are being judged by. They have some sort of knowledge of God. And I need, especially those of you in our area in East Tennessee, if you're, if you're under the sound of my voice, then this applies to you. Knowledge of God is not enough to get you to heaven. I don't, if you just have agreed with a certain list of facts, that is not enough to save you, my friend. The truth is, has it changed you? Did God deal in your heart? Did you see yourself as a sinner? Or did, you, did you just agree, oh yeah, I know he died. And, you know, for my sins, and I know he did this, I know he did that, and you just agreed with a couple facts. Mental agreement with something is not the same as a heart belief in God. And if there's never been repentance in your life, or that time where you've turned from your way of sin, you've turned from your way of trying to get to heaven by your own means, by your own goodness, until you're willing to turn away from that to God, and go God's way and not yours until you're willing to agree with God against yourself and say, you know what, you're right, I'm a sinner, I'm guilty before God, and I need the righteousness of God if I'm ever going to make it to heaven. You'll never be able to. There has to be that agreement first. But I see this, this knowledge of God, these good actions that this group had, and they, were they better outwardly than the first group? Yes, they were. To some extent but it's not sufficient for salvation. You will still be judged, and at the base of everything, this law written in their hearts, they're going to be judged by those things they did that they knew that were wrong to do. It still comes down, my friend, to a heart issue, a sin issue on the inside of you, something you cannot physically remove. But then we move to a third group that also happens to fit East Tennessee very well, and a lot of other places. And this is the religious man. He says in verse number 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou art thyself art a guide of the blind, and a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest, teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, Dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou makest thy boast of the law. Through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. 
Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is an outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision, notice this, is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is of men and not of God. Here's a group, I want you to notice a few things. They're Jews, God's chosen people. They've got more knowledge than either of the previous groups. They have the word of God. But as we see in verses 21 through 23, they are still under sin, which makes them just as bad off as the last two groups. See, it's a heart problem we're dealing with. Verse 24, while they're proclaiming the name of God, it's blasphemed by the Gentiles, those that don't have maybe the same truth because they see them claiming God but not living it and they blaspheme God because they say, look at that. <laughs> they must think a whole lot of their God. Look how good they're living. You know, the average Christian in Tennessee today, I think, falls in that category. Maybe that's kind of a bold statement. There, But there are so many people that claim to be Christians that live as if they are children of the devil still. They live just as if they've never been changed by God. I cannot wrap my head around that. How can a changed nature become be, stay living in the same sin? I'll tell you, little spoiler, it can't. A lifestyle of sin... I'm not saying a believer cannot mess up. I'm not saying a believer cannot sin. But I am here to tell you that a lifestyle of sin is always fruit of never having a change, uh, changed nature. If there has never been a change in your life, then my friend, there is no salvation in your life at all. You see, this group, he goes on to say that he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, but he talks about being inwardly. And the problem here, is that they were all concerned with these outward actions, but the inside was just as dirty as ever. It's a heart problem that God is dealing with. It's a heart problem that is what God's going to be judging. It's that sin on the inside of us that inherits the wrath of an almighty God. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.